Hi, it's Dwyer, gamblersadvisory.com, a free site, bettingangle.us, a free site. Remember, the opinion you should follow should be your own. Just consider this video to be a second opinion from a complete stranger online. Now let's talk about Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva, right? Something is wrong with this fight. I believe it's unbettable. I don't believe you really have a great edge either way, right? The line opened and Silva was a mild favorite. Now he's greater than a plus 200 underdog, right? In looking at the fight at first glance, and I do have a bet on the fight, but it's for recreational purposes only, right? A little amount just so I can keep track of who won and stuff like that by looking in my bet column, right? But just understand, the bet I have is the over six and a half rounds. But I want people to understand how sharp the books are here. And they are sharp. Six and a half are a lot of rounds. Silva is well into his 40s. Right? He's fighting a guy who has an A-level, let me repeat that, an A-level right hand. In other words, if Jake Paul lands, that's it. Right? The reason why I like the over is because there are stretches, and it's a very important fight for the genre. There are stretches in the Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. versus Anderson Silva fight, where Silva, supposedly the non-boxer, we know that's not true because we can go on BoxRec.com and see that he actually fought a professional fight before he turned into an MMA fighter, right? We know that this is a guy who at one point in his life was serious about wanting to fight Roy Jones Jr. But understand, his victory over Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., in which he outboxes a former champion for several stretches of the fight, was noteworthy. Right, Silva has defensive skills. Silva can fight off the ropes. I believe Silva is not in here like Nate Robinson was, like some others were against Jake Paul. I don't think Silva's coming in here to knock out Jake Paul. I think Silva plans to outbox him. I believe Paul, who hits hard, is too reliant on that straight right hand, right? Just like Deontay Wilder is. So I believe Silva is going to be fixated on that straight right hand. So it's an interesting fight because Paul himself likes to box when he's not throwing that big right hand. So I'm suspecting that a boxing match breaks out. Now, when I went to bet the over-under, I was hoping to see something like four rounds or something like that. I thought, come on, Jake Paul's unbeaten. Jake Paul's a puncher. 
and he's fighting a guy in his 40s. Right? So I thought, okay, they'll they'll have some low over-under. No, no, no. Folks, the casinos understand this is a competitive fight. So I'm seeing six and a half rounds for the over-under. Then it's even worse than that. The over six and a half, you thought, okay, well, clearly I'm going to get some odds back. Clearly they're going to give me better than even money. Right? Because understand, six and a half places you into the midway point of the seventh round. Right? It's six full rounds plus half of the seventh. No, folks, the over six and a half, you're actually paying money on that. They're not giving you better than even money. You're getting less than even money. Right? So all I'm saying is that's the metric to look at, not the changing odds with regard to the fighters. And I get the feeling one of the reasons why the odds shifted the way they have, where suddenly Silva's a huge underdog, is by design. Right? What other fighter do you know of who, in a pre-fight interview, complains about getting knocked out twice by a sparring partner? So, of course, we're hearing that Silva, who gave an interview where he talked about how a close friend of his knocked him out twice in sparring, Silva's pulling a Sammy Sosa. Right, Silva, who you've seen give interviews where the interviewer is talking in English and Silva's nodding his head well before the interviewer starts uh, stops talking. Silva, of course, is claiming that he said he was knocked out twice because he didn't fully understand English. Right, the Arizona Boxing Board investigated and Silva claims he misspoke that rather than be knocked out or knocked down twice in sparring, he wasn't knocked down at all. Folks, how's that that believable? How did the idea of him being knocked down in sparring even come up? He's the one who raised it. So I'm wondering what's going on here. I'm wondering whether Silva is firmly convinced that he wins this fight and he's talking down the line because, of course, boxers can bet on themselves legally, right? If I'm Silva and I think I'm going to beat this young lion, then why do I want even money odds? I want two to one odds. I want to increase my payout. Let's also talk about an elephant in the room. Now, between you and me, there are many fights where I suspect a juicer is involved, right? I don't have any evidence, so I'm not going to come online here and just speculate about guys possibly juicing when they've never failed a drug test. But in this case... Anderson Silva, and I don't know if anyone's juicing for this fight, 
but Anderson Silva has failed a drug test in the past. Right? Just understand that. Be aware of that. Right? Let me also make a point here. The whole idea of testing for PEDs ignores the fact that I could juice in the past and then maintain the extra muscle that I have, right? While you have some juicers who juice and then don't work out, don't take it seriously, you have a whole other group who juices and then stays in the gym, right? They want the benefits of the added testosterone. Understand too, once you have that extra muscle, if you're a dedicated athlete, you can continue to work out to keep as much of that muscle as you can, right? You can have that advantage. It doesn't wear off automatically. If you keep yourself in shape, then after you stop juicing, you can still realize the benefits of the artificial enhancement you gave yourself months later, right? Months later. So here, let's be clear here because I value my assets. I'm not accusing anyone of juicing for this fight, but let's just say this is a fight involving an older fighter who has failed a drug test in the past. Right? We can be factual here. So here's how I see it playing out. I think Jake Paul, who I consider to be real, right? Jake Paul is a legitimate boxer. Let me point out that boxing has a long history, long history of guys trying to act a fool in public trying to look like dilettantes in public, trying to look like they are naturally blessed and barely know the name of their opponent in public, but who in private are high-level technicians, right? I'll give you a couple of examples. I've said it here many times, George Foreman is one of the most skilled fighters, big men, I know of. Foreman actually has a defensive construct. When you look at old Foreman films, you'll see him with his hands like this, right? And Archie Moore stance. Archie Moore used to be in his corner, right? Foreman's thought out, not just big clubbing shots, but a defensive construct and awareness in the pocket where he knew how to lean on you. He would wear guys out without throwing punches, but yet when Foreman first came back, right, he was champ, left the sport for years, comes back to the sport, Foreman would talk about eating all the time. This is before the grill. I once saw a Foreman interview where after the fight, they were talking to him about, you know, the names that haters were calling him because Foreman didn't have the sculpted body when he came back. And Foreman's response to that was, they could call me what they want. Just call me on time for dinner. 
right? Foreman wanted you to believe that he was just a happy-go-lucky, overweight guy who returned to the sport. Meanwhile, if you looked at the resume, you noticed that during his comeback, he was fighting Dwight Cowie, real fighter. <laughs> Jerry Cooney, real fighter. In other words, he was fighting dangerous man. By the time he got to Michael Moore, he was ready to take Moore's title. I'll give you a more recent example. This fighter would enter the ring and then someone would come over to him and comb his hair in the ring. Right? This fighter would be giving interviews and they would ask him after the fight about some big fighter as a possible future opponent. And he'd say, hey man, anybody can come get it. And he'd be laughing and he'd look happy-go-lucky. Adrian Broner. Now I know Broner has had some problems. I understand Broner now is past his expiration date. But understand, Broner's a multiple champion. Broner is a guy who had great defense. Right? While he was getting his hair combed in the ring, understand Broner had great defense. He didn't stumble onto defense like that. Right? This is a guy who was in the gym doing work. This is a guy who was looking at film. This is a guy who's thinking about what an opponent could throw at him, and he's thinking, well, how do I neutralize that right hand to the body? Right? Jorge Pius, another guy who, you know, you saw him, Jorge Pius looked like he just left the bar. Right? Jorge Pius was laughing in interviews. Right? That's the tip-off. These guys are all laughing in interviews and saying outrageous things. Jorge Pius was highly skilled. I mean, highly skilled. Jorge Pius would throw combinations with one hand. So, Jake Paul. Folks, this is an A-level right hand. It's A-level. It hurts guys to the point where they're on the canvas and they can't do anything. Right? Every time there's a Jake Paul fight, we ask the question of whether Jake can handle this jump up. So, of course, before the Nate Robinson fight, the argument was, hey, he's fighting a guy who was a professional athlete. Right? Forget the fact that Robinson was a basketball player, not even a boxer. Right? He fought Tyron Woodley, and we all said, hey, this is a guy who was in MMA. Right? He's actually thrown punches in his sport. Well, now he's fighting a guy who has beaten a former boxing champion. Right? Of course, the public's overlooking the fact that Silva's in his 40s. Right? Jake Paul is real. Jake Paul has explosive power. You look in his corner, I see B.J. Flores. Folks, B.J. Flores is a serious man. He's not part of a carnival act. Right? I think Jake Paul, to expand his brand, and understand Jake Paul is very successful outside of the ring. Right? To expand his brand, Jake Paul is saying outrageous things, one of which got him sued. Right? He needs to settle that lawsuit because what he said, in my opinion, was defamatory. But let's just say, understand, 
beneath all the outrageousness is a serious fighter. He even has boxing skills. Now the thing working against him is just father time, right? He came to the sport late. But understand, I don't believe a fight between him and Tommy Fury would even be competitive, right? Because Jake Paul, quite frankly, is an above average fighter, not a celebrity fighter, an above average fighter. I think he's real. I just think he's in against the consummate professional who is taking his boxing career seriously. So, I don't believe Jake Paul will be able to come in and just go over to Anderson Silva and knock him out or treat him like he treated Nate Robinson and others. I actually believe a fight's going to break out here. And I think that fight's going to go several rounds. But I also want people to realize that you're no longer dealing with casinos who are taking the fight lightly. They know all about Jake Paul. They know he's legit. They know Anderson Silva is legit. So understand, the over-under in this fight is higher than was the over-under in the Anthony Joshua-Dominic-Brazil fight. And understand, they're not giving you a great rate of return. I believe this fight is unbettable. Right? For those seeking entertainment, I believe the fight goes several rounds, and I personally have a small bet on the over, just so I can look back and say, oh, was I right on this fight? Where was I wrong? You remember things when you put a small bet on them. I want to remember this fight because I believe whoever wins the fight is going to continue fighting and is going to have some talent. Right, so I'm expecting this fight to go several rounds. The small bet, recreational purposes only, throwaway money that I put on the fight is on the over six and a half rounds. But I need for people to understand the risk involved. Betting against Jake Paul is like betting against Deontay Wilder. Right, you can look at the fight. Jake Paul could have his feet wrong. Jake Paul could look confused. Jake Paul could look like he's defensively open, and then bang, one punch. The other guy is hurt on the canvas. The ref looks at the other guy, doesn't even bother counting, right? You look at the other guy, and you think, oh, it's it's over. Even if homeboy gets up, this will be like Hearns getting up against Hagler. No gas left in the tank. Right? If Jake Paul comes out and ends the fight early. You lose it all. If Anderson Silva decides, hey, I'm not fighting Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., right? Let's remember, by the way, Chavez Jr. went the distance against Canelo at a catch weight that was detrimental to Chavez Jr. 
right? If Anderson Silva says, hey, I'm no longer fighting a guy who held a recognized belt. Let me open up here. If Silva wins by KO, let's say you're watching the fight and you say, hey, I knew this fight would be competitive. You don't want it to be so competitive if you have the over six and a half that Silva closes the show before the six and a half. Understand, too, what happens with older fighters. And again, Silva's well in his 40s. Right? The guy will look good, and then suddenly, he'll grab his side. Oh, I may have pulled a muscle. Right, folks? If you've been in your late 40s, you know what I'm talking about. Right? If Silva, even if he looks great, pulls a muscle. If his body says, hey, what are you doing in here with this young kid? Right? This... <laughs> This isn't for us. We've put up with you your entire athletic career. Now we're pulling back here in this fourth round. Even if Silva looks good, if he has to stop fighting for health reasons before the midway point of the seventh round, you lose it all. Right? I'm not willing to pick a side here. The only bet I'm willing to do is the over. On the over-under. I got six and a half. Why? Because I think it's a competitive fight that's going to go a few rounds. Let me hear from you. Tell us how you're playing it, if you're playing it. Tell us if you feel this fight is bettable. Give us your scenario on how it ends. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I look forward to your comments. Thanks for stopping by.